Welcome to Quarter of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax. Your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you live on a Thursday, July 2nd, fresh off of the first L.A. Galaxy game scrimmage, anything that we've been able to see in oh so long. We're going to talk about that scrimmage, talk about what we learned, maybe what we didn't learn. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of news, including COVID tests, Juninho uh, Marcelo Sarvas news, uh, a whole bunch of stuff all lined up for you. So we are excited to be joining you to help you out. Uh, we brought him back. It's Eric, the Portuguese Hammer. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's it's going all right. I'm glad you said we brought him back. Did you? Were you thinking about it? Is, it, is there a possibility I was going to get cut? Did I make the it transfer was a window? It, yeah, right. I was going to say it's a contemplation for you. You should always just imagine that there's a possibility that you this could be your last show. I mean, Fair really, enough. that's the kind of yeah. energy I bring to the team. You know, perfect. Live my life like this is my last show. I appreciate. There it. you go. I I, I think that's a good idea. Um. <laughs> You got to watch a, a soccer game today. I know uh, some of it, maybe not all of it. Um, I know people were certainly scrambling to try to find streams. I know that that wasn't always successful. Uh, I know that, once again, Spectrum uh, made things more difficult. Listen, if you don't have Spectrum, it's difficult to watch it. That's your first hurdle, um, trying to find it. Uh, and then the well, fact that Spectrum... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if you don't have Spectrum, you're out of luck. It's it's. There's no other options unless you're going through different avenues. So... Uh, that's that's the first part of it. And then the second part, as you said, uh, we watched the soccer game today. I don't know that we could call that a soccer game. <laughs> oh, wow. Harsh already. Uh, you've seen two, well, two regular season games. That's not a, it's not a total dig. I'm just saying it I wasn't mean, a full game. Yeah, I, I think it would be interesting, and I know we're going to talk about it. You know, like what what did we what did we see? What did we even know? That you have to understand that, like even from the start of this, it was billed as LA Galaxy versus LA Galaxy Two, and that's sort of what we expected to see. And then Guillermo went in and, and mixed up the lineups. I have no problem with him mixing up the lineups. It ended up being basically LA Galaxy Blue versus LA Galaxy Gray, um, which is a fun scrimmage to have. And quite honestly, with the number of players that you that you have on a senior roster, Eric, you should be able to field two starting 11s, even with some subs, um, you know, in in this particular case, and and put it together from a senior team thing. So more than saying, you know, it's an LA Galaxy two versus you know the senior team. Uh, realistically, this should have been, I thought, a starting team versus a sub sort of team that you put together. And maybe you rotated people across the half line, you know, at halftime. So that way you could say, well, you, yeah, but I want to see what you do with sort of the starters. And we didn't see that. Um, so I know we're going to talk about that. And and I think there's some there's some positives and negatives in, ter- in terms of what it was. Uh, I also sat in and got to ask some questions on a conference call afterwards with Dennis DeClosa and Guillermo Barrascoletto so I can talk to you a little bit about what Guillermo saw and what Dennis sees from from stuff that is going to be happening uh, here in the future. A lot of it, obviously, was centered around Orlando. So the Orlando tournament is certainly something we're going to talk about there. Um, we have injury updates, and you know the Jonathan Del Santos injury is certainly something we need to talk about because uh, that's going to have some long-lasting effects, certainly through this tournament. Um, so we're going to get you that and uh, a whole bunch of other things. So let's start at the at, at the beginning here, Hammer. Um, the very first thing, by the way, we have to put out, and I have been, I have missed this, and it's not that I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I just, I put it on my rundown a couple times, and I forgot to get to it because I put it at the bottom. So I screwed, I screwed up. I admit it. Uh, I put it at the top. Um, but there was a, an Angel City Brigade member uh, who was killed, who was shot and killed, um, and uh, his 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 nickname was Easy. Um, and so the LA Galaxy put out a photo before the game, uh, and it says "Rest Easy," and it's uh, a, a great banner. I don't know who made the banner. I don't know if they pulled. There were a whole bunch of banners in this, so I don't know if the Galaxy had this made or if somebody else uh, from ACB did it and, and gave it to the LA Galaxy. I don't know all the details, and I apologize for that. But I also know, and I, you know, I, I helped a little bit with retweets and trying to get it out. But that a bunch of LA Galaxy fans and family members, you know, sort of came together to make sure that uh, this young man had the funeral that he he most definitely deserved, and his parents didn't have to pay that out of pocket. And I think within 24 hours, uh, we easily crested that $15,000 mark that they were asking for. So all great. Uh, a real tragedy in terms of uh, of what happened, but as normal in LA Galaxy family sort of pulls together. Um, so uh, rest easy. 
um, certainly from all of us here at Corner of the Galaxy. And uh, and everybody, please stay safe out there. I know it's not uh, not the best of days right now with COVID and everything else that's going on, um, and certainly the social unrest and all those things. But uh, but stay safe. That was uh, that's my one thing. Uh, did you you yeah. I know you were you were involved in this uh, too, Eric, uh, tweeting it out yeah. and, and and different things. Yeah, some, similar to you. Again, I didn't know him personally, but uh, what what I mentioned, and you saw the GoFundMe, and you saw people who did know him, uh, you know, Easy Carrillo, and the people who who got along with him. It's, uh, you know, it's a tragedy, and whenever when anyone dies, it's not a good thing. But especially when someone it's a young age, and when it's uh, the type of of way that that the circumstances ended up, it, it's really is a tragedy. And so I mentioned I didn't know him personally, but knowing that he was a member of Angel City Brigade, knowing that he was a Galaxy fan, this is what makes the LA Galaxy community fantastic is that they rally around each other in difficult times. So being able to, you know, retweet that uh, uh, GoFundMe link, you know, I saw it all over uh, Instagram with the supporters groups also, you know, working with each other. Uh, So to see the Galaxy themselves, the team, the organization do this as a gesture, um, you know, based on what I saw and from what I understand, a lot of those banners, the supporters groups created them and then they were displayed in the stadium today during the scrimmage, and I believe they'll be on display tomorrow for the supporter send-off. Um, so, you know, a great gesture. Even though you may not know everyone personally, we're all connected, we're all part of the same family, and to see the Galaxy community rally around their own and provide support to make things just a little bit easier, you know, obviously you're never going to make things right with something like that, but if you can make it a little bit easier and make that burden a little bit less, uh, that's really all you can ask for. So big props uh, to the LA Galaxy for the gesture and big props to everyone who was able to donate or support in any way that they could. Uh, for some people, they're able to support financially. For other people, uh, it's just passing that message along and, and giving your condolences. So condolences to him and his family uh, and a yeah. shout out to everyone involved. Yeah, so his family to Angel City Brigade. Um, so uh, hopefully, uh, seeing the community come together uh, uh, tries to mend that wound just a little bit. I know it doesn't. It doesn't really matter uh, in terms of uh, of trying to fill that void. But nonetheless, uh, so let's go to a little bit happier stuff. We'll switch over to the soccer, but it was an important sort of part uh, before this. Now. Again, we told you it was supposed to be LA Galaxy versus LA Galaxy 2. It wasn't. Uh, you know, realistically, it was supposed to be 25 minute halves, uh, 25 minutes and 25 minutes, and it wasn't. It was 30 minutes halves and 30 minute halves. Uh, it, the press release said that it was going to start at about 11 and go. And listen, Spectrum started and broadcasted at about 11, and then you know they had a little pregame show with Kobe Jones, and um, and then Joe Tatino and Kobe Jones called the game remotely. They had Megan uh, Risa out on the sideline uh, covering the game in her first back. By the way, you should head on over to her Instagram account because she showed what it took to sort of get into Dignity Health Sports Park, including uh, the hands-free temperature readings where you stand in front of it and then it like scans you and it goes, oh, uh, by the way, the sign says that if you if you pop for a temperature, like if it, if you your temperature is over the the um the the threshold, I don't even know, but it's probably over like 100.4 is 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 my yeah. guess. But if it's over that they told you to go stand in the shade for 10 minutes and come back and try again. So yeah. I thought it was like, it's funny. you know, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm getting my son ready for kindergarten. So there's some, you know, vaccination visits that I've been, we've been on a schedule. So we've been going to the doctor and, and getting them all set up. And so it always worries me because, you know, he's sitting by the sun in the car and then we show up and then if they turn him away, but, but I'm absolutely on the same page with following uh, Megan Riza. If you're not already there, it was interesting to see that could be, um, you know, whenever, things shake out fans going in the stadium media entering that's probably going to be how how the entrance is going to work so it was an interesting little sneak preview uh but going back to the you know being billed as la galaxy versus la galaxy 2 um i have no problem if they're going to do a mixed squad scrimmage it just tell me what you're going to do i think i had used some more colorful terms in uh in a text message you know when you go to the doctor yes. uh, you know i'm getting to that age and i have a history of prostate cancer in the family so you know you like the doctor to let you know, you know, when he's going to check for those things. You just don't want to be surprised. Right. So, you know, if, if yeah, it's going to yeah. be an inter, inter-squad scrimmage, and again, you can't compare the two, but uh, <laughs> I just did. Um, if it's going to be an inter-squad scrimmage, then l- let people know that it was billed as something and it was something different. Is it the biggest deal in the world? No. Uh, but, you know, it just kind of was off-putting, and I'm with you, and we'll talk a little bit more about what does that mean when you do an yeah. inter-squad as opposed to trying to get – uh, your first 11 side all on one team. Yeah, so uh, we ended up with blue and gray. Uh, the blue starting 11 was uh, David Bingham, uh, Arajo, Steres, Dupuy, Depew, 
It just says Dupuis. When you look at it, it says you should <laughs> you say gotta, it as Dupuis. It's, it's say, very spell difficult. It out different. Yeah, uh, Depew, uh, Triore, uh, Perez. Uh, per- By the way, it was funny because everybody's last name except for Perry Kitchen, which was spelled out Perry. Um, so Perry, uh, I guess, or Kevin, however you want to call him. Uh, Mr. Steve Kitchen Perry. was in there. Uh, Sasha Kleshton, Emil Coelho, Chicharito, um, and Ethan Zubak. So that was the blue team. Uh, the gray team was Vom Stegen goal, and then you had Insua uh, for Kranis. Uh, who is an academy center back who uh, we can talk a little bit about. I mean, you listen, he was an academy center back. That's that's what you need to know. Uh, People Gonzalez, uh, Felcher, uh, Dunbar, Corona, Harvey, Leggett, Pavone, and Wild. All right, so those were your lineups there. Um, and it was sort of interesting to see how they had them lined up. But you can see, Eric, in this is that what I mean, you go to the biggest concern that anybody has about this LA Galaxy team. And it is it is that through the first two games and certainly through the preseason, they were not on the same page with with Chicharito. Um, And that's that's a problem. And it's something you need to work on you, something you need to do. So um, what you saw here was that I would say the blue team has more. You know, you can look at it. The blue team had more starters on it, but it's still. It's a it's a hodgepodge of a lineup. Either way that you look at it, you're not getting the I think the chemistry that really you should be trying to develop over all of this. And you didn't have to play, you know, an academy team and just have it be because there's a whole bunch of arguments. One of the arguments, Eric, is that uh, if you have the first team play a second team, that the first team isn't going to try that hard because they know they can beat the second team, uh, and the second team is going to try really hard and somebody might end up getting hurt. Like there's there's all these different things. I, I get it because uh, no, no one got hurt during today's scrimmage anyway, so it's not like yeah you know, yeah uh-huh. concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Um, so I, I just I, I wonder what you're trying to get from this whenever you do it. Now, uh, we can we can skip to before we even get to anything else. We can, I asked Guillermo basically that question in the press conference, which was, OK, I saw you mixed up the lineups. What were you hoping to get out of this? And did it help you get ready for Orlando? And his his argument was this was about individual stuff. It's about individual. There were no tactics that he was working on today. It was about individual performances. And that's what he wanted. And he wanted to get the guys 60 minutes of running around. And I'm like, then why? Have, well, just let him run around for 60 minutes if that's what you're going to do. I, I, yeah, that, I really disagree that, with this this look. Yeah, that response is concerning to me. Um, because again, we're what, 13 days out, 12 days out from yeah. the Galaxy's first matchup in Orlando and the whole preseason and the first two games that they played, you're right, the chemistry was not there with Chicharito. And to not have at least Pavone and Chicharito on the same squad, uh, you know, you, you need to start getting them to gel and, and work together. Uh, the other thing that's concerning from, from the mixed squad lineup is uh, if semicolons are important to you when they put those lineups out, one was a 4-4-2 and one was a, a 4-5-1. So, if it's not tactics, then, you know, there were two different tactical lineups put on there. Uh, is the plan in Orlando to put Zubac paired with Chicharito? Uh, if that's something that they're going to be trying out, then, okay, then I, I get why that's necessary. But if not, if it's not, then you want that chemistry with Pavone. Uh, we didn't mention Alexander Katai is no longer on this lineup. So who's going right. to fill in that role? Are the players that were on that squad, is one of them going to fill in? And so I think you needed that attack, those attacking that attacking midfield and forwards needed to be on the same squad to get any type of chemistry to say it's individual that that's great. But then you could do individual assignments in your regular closed training. The whole purpose of a scrimmage or of a game style environment is to practice those tactics. So, uh, GBS, I think the, the honeymoon period is over with him. Uh, as far as tactics, I think some of that, that shine has left off. Um, so I think this is a little bit concerning. We'll see if it's a something that continues once we get to Orlando and if it still seems like tactically there's no changes from uh, his, his mentality and what he's doing and he's not adjusting to his players, then his time here might not be very long. And again, I just took an inter-squad scrimmage and put GBS on the hot seat. So am I making more <laughs> out of it? Maybe I missed soccer a little too much and I'm, I'm getting too fired up about this. Yeah, I know. We were we were sort of joking about that before we even uh, uh, started. Was like maybe it was more fun when they didn't play games. Maybe <laughs> it's like it's like I didn't have I haven't seen any soccer for a while. So maybe maybe it just I'm just getting too amped up about this. And you know, Robert in the chat room says you know a simpler answer is that this was all for fun, and that's a great sort of over. Hey, cool that is. But then you're throwing away a training session, and really this was supposed to be a training session that gets you not only 60 minutes of work. Um, and by the way, they struggled to get to 60 minutes. Can we just all agree that that was just some... But listen, it was and, a scrimmage. At, six, um, at 60 minutes, they looked gassed as well. 
Yeah, and so you're talking about a team that's supposed to be playing 90 minutes in 11 days. Um, you know, if is it 11 days? I don't even know. In a matter of in a matter of days, very short amount of time. Um, Less they're than supposed t- to be playing. Yeah, yeah. Unless there you go. Thank you. Good, good, good way to put a put some brackets on it. In less than two weeks, they're supposed to be playing 90 minutes, um, and and they look gassed. Um, and some of that was from poor running. Some of it is from just bad positioning. All those things that you can look at. Um, you know, the, there were some. Let's talk about highlights, though. I mean, there are things that you can try to take a little bit. Efrain Alvarez was back on the field. Remember, he 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 did not get to play because he was injured. He got injured in a scrimmage before the season started, so he he wasn't playing whenever they suspended everything. And it looked like he was close to coming back uh, whenever they suspended in on March 12th. Um, and now that comes back, and it's okay. Okay, uh, you know, Efrain is is back on the field, and he played, and he looked. Exactly like Efrain Alvarez. Um, and that's maybe a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. Uh, you know, it was really, and, and we talked about looking at the pairs of players, but it was, you try to find the connections there. And I don't know that I saw a whole bunch of connections where I was like, oh yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be great. And and we talk about the big question of who's on the right-hand side, who's going to fill that spot. And for me, it was Karenia. I was like, oh cool, guess what? That dude, I didn't see that dude on anybody's lineup today. So he didn't play. Now either that means he's injured or it means that Guillermo doesn't think that he's going to be, I mean, if you're not on either of these rosters, you're really not you're, playing, you know, yeah, right you're now. Not in the plan, or you're, you're not in the plan yeah. for Orlando, which is odd because they announced that signing last week. And so, to see someone like, uh, you know, I'm sorry, the name is gave you freaking I'm, I'm going to mess up that, uh, that pronunciation. Right. No, uh, the Academy defender. Uh, the, Oh, Franken- uh, friend. Yeah. Yeah. That dude, right. Frankincense. I'm botch it. See, for, I don't want to be rude. For Kranis. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. Yes. I, I was, I was going to say something way off. Uh, but again, if he's getting the, the minutes here, uh, but Kareniak as in, and he's someone that hasn't called in, I don't know. I don't know. Does it mean something? Is it possibly just an injury? Is it a precaution? Did he want to see something else? Uh, I don't know. I, I liked seeing uh, Gordon Wilde get the penalty. I think he's someone, uh, you know, the way GBS talks about him and the way he's kind of working his way uh, into it. He maybe is someone who's going to be a backup. And if they drew the penalty, you had other senior members on the squad. But to have him take it, uh, maybe that's a good sign that he'll he'll get some some positive minutes moving forward. He he was he was one of my you know one of my better looks lookers on the day. I mean, you could talk about it. I'll be honest, the guy who looked the most dangerous the whole night was Ethan Zubak, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I said that, and everybody was like, "Oh God!" And you're kind of right. I mean, Chicharito was out there, and let's talk about this. Uh, Chicharito picked up a knock in the 29th minute in the first half when Pipo Gonzalez, a horrible Pipo tackle, it was just mistimed and bad and awkward and everything that Pipo Gonzalez has sort of stood for with his time with the LA Galaxy. And he came in right behind great. Chicharito on on like knee to to the back of the knee contact type of thing. Um, and, you know, Javi was slow to get up and it was halftime quickly after that because it was only 30 minute halves. Uh, and he walked to the locker room and that was it. Um, yeah. So I knew, I knew when he went down the way he was holding it and favoring it and given the timing of it, I, I knew he wasn't going to come back out for the second half. And you, you're right. It is. That is uh, people Gonzalez. And for, as a matter of fact, it's Chicharito's. That's a summation of their time with the galaxy so far. Chicharito just can't, can't seem to get it going, getting knocked down before, you know, getting any momentum. And then uh, people just seems there seem to be errors, just a plenty whenever he takes the field. So unfortunate to see how that goes, all goes down. Hopefully it's not too serious uh, with the injury to Javi there. Yeah, GBS after the uh, after the game was asked about his status, uh, and it was uh, said that he doesn't think it's anything serious. He actually expects that uh, Javi would be able to train tomorrow with the LA Galaxy. So the Galaxy train tomorrow on Friday, and then they're kind of. It sounds like they're taking it easy Saturday, Sunday, uh, and then um, possibly train on Saturday, and then Sunday they're off, and then Monday they travel. Um, that sort of seems like what the what the status is of of them going, because um, Monday is their departure to Orlando, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, but so uh, so Javi picks up that knock. He said Guillermo basically said if he's not able to train with us, even you know in these next couple of days, we're, he'll be fine. We'll take him to Orlando. So we'll see if all of that stuff you know comes through. If any of that stuff uh, makes sense, and you know I, I'll tell you this right now, um, Chicharito is is or Guillermo is not always the best on injuries. Whenever he sees people, everybody always has a knock uh, and it's never not that serious. And so when you look at it that way, 
um, you can sort of understand that, you know, perhaps it's more serious than GBS says, but I don't think that's the case in this one. Um, the other knock that was picked up was Corona. Apparently Joe Corona picked up a knock in this game uh, and it was a knee. He had a little pain in his knee. Gamero says it doesn't think he's anything and it's sort of the same deal. It's not serious. So we expect him to be ready to train. And if not, he'll be heading to Orlando with us. So those were the injuries that got picked up. Uh, and then we haven't even talked about the injury to Jonathan Dos Santos. Uh, now I'm sure everybody knows, but uh, Jonathan Dos Santos uh, has is going to have or did have uh, today. Uh, or, today. Yeah. So uh, had again, it. you got to follow follow on Instagram. He posted today that uh, he had successful surgery, but I'll let you yeah go on. Uh, minimally invasive hernia operations. He's expected to miss. Well, it says six weeks. Uh, Dennis Closa after this game said that he would expect he'd miss four to five weeks. You know, same general area. I'm not really going to worry. Um, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos had a groin injury earlier this season, uh, and he only played 45 minutes in the second game. Remember, he missed the Houston game, uh, and then he only played 45 minutes uh, for the LA Galaxy against Vancouver in the loss, where Joe Corona picked up two yellow cards and ended up being a 10-man. This is, it's, it feels like this was three years ago that we're talking about this game. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that long. This was in the same season. That wasn't last uh, season? It feels like it. It absolutely does. Um, so, you know, there's there's all these things. So um, Jonathan Dos Santos had a groin injury. We, I imagine they're probably all related, you know, all in the same general area. And so we'll see how that ends up happening. But the hernia surgery basically puts him out for six weeks. Uh, the In the release, and whenever I asked the LA Galaxy, I asked them when this happened, and they said they didn't know. Uh, Dennis uh, gave us a little bit more of a window on this and he said that it happened a couple of weeks ago uh jonathan dos santos slipped he was basically like in training and he was reaching for something uh you know like a ball or something and you go to reach with your foot and he like his body slipped and that can happen sometimes when it did he had like this injury that sort of you know that that they had and then they took a couple weeks because they're like it doesn't seem like it's that bad so what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and rehab it and then it'll be better and you'll be all good and we think that's the best course of action because if we have surgery we know it's six weeks and you're going to miss the tournament um, yeah. so we'll, yeah. we'll push back on it a little bit, uh, just because when he had those injuries, he posted a picture of him in the hospital and we looked into it and, you know, it was a pain specialist. So it made you think that it was something a little bit different with the nerve and the hernia surgery kind of leads to that. I have his, his, uh, Instagram post, um, and it's translated, so it might not be one for one. Uh, but it says surgery based on hernia repair with nerve, uh, Resection was a success. Thank God. Let it be clear that I did everything to be able to be in the tournament in Orlando, but unfortunately, I had been suffering with this discomfort that had prevented me from being a hundred a hundred percent of my chances. So, this is something he pro- likely had, and it's something that sounds familiar. I've actually had minimally invasive hernia surgery to repair a disc that was pinching on a nerve, and so it makes sense if you do the timeline. He had these injuries leading up. It's possible that he had this nerve issue prior and it was something that was bothering him and then when you think you can rehab and you take a slip it takes a turn and and you need to go in and have that taken care of so the good news is it's something that's a pretty common practice nowadays it's an easy fix of you know six weeks seems seems about right especially for someone who's who's an athlete and is going to recover a little bit better um but it just seems to me like maybe this is what he had before it was bothering him and then just something happened in training that maybe was the final straw that sent him yeah, it, it is all all very interesting. And listen, lots of people were like, oh, man, he did this just that way. He didn't have to go to the turn. No, you don't have surgery. You can you can just opt out. You really don't have to have like a great reason. You can just say, no, I'm not going to go. Um, that's not what happened. He had surgery. You don't have surgery. You, you don't fake surgery in order not to go to a tournament. I mean, that, that doesn't and, make any sense. And, and my question was, well, why surgery now? If this was an issue, why didn't he have it sooner? And and again, I, I love the guy who uh, who peaked at 19 which is me, try to compare himself to the athlete. Uh, but when yes. you have that nerve damage, uh, initially you try rehab, you try physical therapy, you try, you know, I think I even saw him doing acupuncture and all. Uh, you try all these different methods and then once everything doesn't work, then you use surgery as kind of the final result. So it seems like he was trying to do everything he could from a rehab standpoint and it just, surgery was what they finally landed on now. So the timing's unfortunate, but I, I don't believe it was a premeditated thing. I think to just, no. he worked through all of his options and this is yeah, where that, that, 
Yeah, that makes the most sense uh, sense to me. Um, if you so if we if we sort of transition back to the scrimmage, knowing that you had you know Jonathan Dos Santos missing and you wanted to see who was going to sort of play in those, I think the pairing of Kleshin and Kitchen is going to be probably your best answer on that. Uh, for my money, I thought Sasha Kleshin was able to dictate the terms of the game better than any player on the field, but he's a veteran and I would expect that from him. Uh, I didn't like his link up play with Chicharito. Um, I don't think. Hey, listen. The bottom line is that if Zubak was a better player, Chicharito scores in the first half because there was a wide open play in the first half that should have been an easy layoff and, and Zubak instead decided to take it and he screwed it up. Um, having said that, Zubak was one of the most dangerous offensive players that the LA Galaxy probably had on either side of the field. Probably second, probably first. Uh, second would be Gordon Wild, as you sort of talked about. Uh, Wild had a couple ones. I would just like to see him with a little bit more composure. He seems to really hit things hard all the time. Uh, Efrain Alvarez skied the best chance uh, of his uh, of his uh, afternoon whenever he got a ball in the center of the field, turned, had spaced, and then skied it into Rosie back, uh, back behind the goal. Um, it was all just bad. I mean, crosses were missing, as you'd expect from the LA Galaxy. Passes weren't crisp. It was just... It, yeah, I think, Eric, wasn't didn't there. you say... Did, didn't you say, did we just watch soccer? Was that soccer? It doesn't yeah, feel like yeah. soccer. Yeah, it was It was a training session. If, if the point was to get them to run around, that's what we saw. We saw them run around. Uh, the one thing with Zubak, he does put himself in the right position. So that's the one positive. He seems to be in the right place at the right time. It's just the finishing's not there. The layoff isn't there. Uh, so he's just missing that final piece. It seems like he has a lot of the pieces. He's just missing, unfortunately, the piece that's most important when it comes to scoring goals. And we mentioned a, a lot of players, and the one player we didn't mention is Christian Pavone. Uh, again, he he's, he's a class above everyone else. Even though it was a scrimmage, he was the only one who looked like he's game fit and ready to roll and someone that you can hit your wagons to. Uh, again, his, his touch and volley on his goal was incredible. And it just, he seems to do that and have a knack for making it look so easy. Uh, so he's someone, the blow with Jonathan Dos Santos out for the tournament hurts. Uh, but you still have Christian Pavone and that's the one shining star that you, you can hang your hat on heading into the Orlando tournament. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to see him link up with Chicharito. You know, as opposed yeah, to they were on other, they were on, they were on yeah. opposite teams. You didn't get to see that. Yeah. So yeah, I know. I it's it's we'll we'll beat that dead horse continuously. Um, you know, David in the chat room, by the way, also says that Carlos Harvey was a beast. I agreed on that. He was yeah. number I think sixty seven, right? Sixty seven. Who was out there? Uh, Harvey. He looked comfortable. He looked good. Um, he gave the ball away a couple times. I don't mind people giving the ball away whenever they're trying to make the correct passes. Um, and sometimes the lanes just get closed down. So I don't mind with that. It's about being smart enough to know when you can get away with trying to make those passes and and not. So Carlos Harvey looked good, and he's a new signing, the 20-year-old Panamanian um, from LA Galaxy 2. He's a loan up. He's technically not even a loan up because he's an on loan to LA Galaxy 2. So technically the loan is from his parent co- club, um, I think Taro FC in Panama. Um, and so they're loaning him to the LA Galaxy for this tournament. Uh, this could be somebody the LA Galaxy actually look at acquiring full time. Uh, it, it makes some sense. But, you know, with the loan right now, it's a good way to sort of try him out. I, I would say that uh, the Galaxy have been, you know, pretty good with loans uh, in, in a lot of ways over the years. Uh, remember when all the Brazilians came uh, and one of those guys ended up being Juninho, who we're going to talk about a little bit as well. But to finish this off, uh, the gray team wins two to nothing. The blue team had a couple had, I think, some of the better chances. Um, but Christian Pavone is never going to be left alone at the top of a box like that ever in the history of Major League Soccer. And if they did, then you would see him full volley trap and then full volley shot um, into the net. And it's like he hit, he already knew it was in whenever he he trapped the ball the first time because he traps it, he hits it, and he just turns around like, yeah, I, I knew that was going in. So that was that was the it other was thing. Too, it was too easy. I will say that if everyone is on the same footing, he may get an open look like that in the tournament. So, you know, it's good for him to get those reps, you know, given defenses for what they are and people being out of shape and needing some time. He could ca- I could see him catching uh, the Portland defense napping in that first game. Well, uh, the easiest game for the LA Galaxy will be also their most their most shorthandiest. Uh, they're most shorthanded. Uh, yeah, I like that better. Yeah, that was that was good. Uh, the first one wasn't actually a word. Um, Joe Corona. Uh, people really want to argue with me on this one. And and I'm going to tell you that have I received absolute confirmation? No, but uh, as we all know, the first three, gra- three games of the tournament are regular season games. We know that they're regular season games because they say these games count for the regular season. Joe Corona got two yellow cards. 
That equals a red card, and a red card means you miss the next game. That happened in Vancouver. The next game will be against Portland, so you can expect that Joe Corona will miss the first game of the tournament along with Jonathan Dos Santos. And now you get to throw question marks into Chicharito and whether or not he's going to be ready to come back and do that as well. So the Galaxy could be very shorthanded if they go into this game without Chicharito, without Joe Corona, and, and listen, I think Joe's a borderline starter right now anyway, but with Jonathan Dos Santos out, he's a starter. Um, so so you throw that in there. Without Jonathan Dos Santos, this tournament's going to be three games and have a nice day. We'll see you back in L.A. Um, it's, it's unfortunate both that Corona will be suspended and that Jonathan Dos Santos has gone and that you have to worry about a Chicharito injury right now. Um, but that's that's sort of how it is. Um, for my money, you know, Joe wasn't exactly the best. Uh, it's really hard. I mean, who's the best player on the field for you? And if you don't say Zubak, I'll, I'll kick you out. No, it was Pavone. <laughs> I was going to say, is this a trick question? Do we even need to have this argument? Yeah, it's Pavone by, by, by a mile. So, uh, you know, we knew this going in. The Corona probably wasn't going to be starting. So I, I'm curious to see how it's going to work out. It, it's going to be heavy on the other teams as well. We're going to see how many other teams are missing players as these teams come in. Are there players who are going to test positive and maybe going to miss that first game? Uh, so are, are, is that going to be an issue? Um, so yes, thing, the outlook isn't great. If we shook our magic eight ball and looked at it, outlook, not, not looking promising, uh, with the galaxy based on the information we have now, but it could look worse for other teams in the group. And so that's, it's, it's not the best outlook to have when you go into a tournament, you want the other teams to be less, more, more, right. less, worse, right. short handiest, uh, yes. you know, you, you want them to not be as good, but at the same time, that's the reality of the, this tournament and what it's going to look like. Um, as we look at Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, you know, certainly whenever he was injured, people started making the comparisons to Roman Alessandrini. I will tell you right now, it's a fair comparison. Um, I went and obviously, you know, I tracked DP slash MVP minutes. That way I can sort of watch this. I've been doing it since I think 2017, but you know, let's start in 2018. If you look at Roman Alessandrini and by the way, in 2017, uh, he had, he had a great year. He played a lot of games. So it was surprising to sort of see him drop off in 2018. Roman Alessandrini played 62.7% of the available total available minutes. That's every minute of every game. How many minutes did you play? Uh, so 62.7%. Jonathan Dos Santos played 62.4%. Um, and in that year, it was Giovanni Dos Santos, who was the other designated player, and he played 26.9% in 2018. Uh, you go over to the DP minutes in 2019, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic obviously was uh, one of those players. He played 85.3%. Roman Alessandrini played 9.2%. We know, obviously, with the season-ending injury, although it wasn't season-ending because he came back right as it was time for the playoffs. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos played 83.2%. So um, if you take Jonathan Dos Santos' 2019 and you sort of throw it against, you know, Roman Alessandrini's 2017, you you have a pretty good comparison of of where those guys are. So, so far, they've really sort of matched that. Here's the problem is that if you go for the DP minutes just in 2020, remember only two games played, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos has only played 25% of the minutes because he only played one half out of four halves. Um, and you can say, well, it's a little harsh to be judging him yeah. on that. And I, I agree. But at the same time, he wasn't available for, you know, the first. Uh, well, it was the first game and then basically was only available for the first half of the second game and came out injured. So, you know, as much as Jonathan Dos Santos is the captain of this team, as much as we all agree that this team revolves sort of around how he plays. Uh, he has been absent a lot in terms of being on the field, and I think more so whenever his brother was also absent, or maybe we shade those two together whenever they were together. But, uh, I mean, the numbers are rather similar to to, to Roman Alessandrini. Yeah, they're, they're similar. They're like for like, actually, the, the 2018 numbers for Alessandrini is surprising. That's more than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, I thought he played less that season, but I think when you average it out with his 2019, it, that's that's probably where I get that that skewed view um, with Jonathan. I mean, he he's been the engine of this team when he's on the field, uh, particularly last season is where he really showed how important, how valuable he is. So it is a little bit harsh to say he's only at 25% given there were only two games, the hypothetical world that I live in. Uh, if he would, this was a nagging injury with nerves and uh, you know, he had all this time off. Maybe that didn't help if they were to start continue and they had a regular season, if COVID didn't exist, would he have noticed this nerve thing sooner and maybe gotten right. it taken care of sooner? That way it pushed the timeline up and maybe he'd get more games. Or is this something that maybe wipes him out and maybe he misses even more games because of it? Uh, so it's just kind of an interesting hypothetical that we'll never know. So it's a little bit harsh when he's on the field, he's important. And I think that's how you should judge him 
you know, I don't think he's at the level where he's missed so many games that you, you start calling him an injury concern just yet. It's possible this is something that it can create that. But given what he's shown us, I don't think that's the issue with him. I'll say it. I think he's an injury concern. There we go. I just because you, you said I, I couldn't What's say that? it. That's really why What's I that? wanted to say it. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to put it on a shirt. It says injury concern. That's a great. Actually, that's a good shirt idea. If you just put injury concern on it, because I am an injury concern everywhere I walk. $20 in the COG store. Um, we'll, we'll work on that one. Let's talk a little bit about some sad news and then we'll follow it up with some happy news. Um, and I'll tell you that, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, Eric. One of the first things that you and I really got to do together whenever we started bringing you on full time was we got to go to an airport and welcome Janino back to, uh, to the LA galaxy. We were there to cover it and we got to talk to him whenever he landed. It was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Uh, all the good old days when you didn't have to worry about yeah. being in a crowd of people. Like uh, that really feels like that feels about 10 years ago. If it, it, you were absolutely right. It does feel that long. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Juninho came back, but uh, that, you know, he announced he, and re, he re, has retired from professional soccer. Um, you know, he had 210 appearances in Major League Soccer. He was an MLS Cup winner in 2011, 2012 and 2014. Uh, it, it's it's funny to think that Marcelo Sarvas didn't come into the team and really and play on it till 2012, which, again, is a great argument as to why 2012 might be the best L.A. Galaxy team ever, because you had a full year of Robbie Keane and you got Marcelo Sarvas that you added to the 2011 team. How is that? Okay, we're not going to go over this again. Um, I, I, will, voted. I will. They were wrong. People, but the people they were. Voted. Yeah, people <laughs> voted. They, they didn't get it right. But hey, you know, it is what it is. You guys said 2011 was the best LA Galaxy team ever. It was because of the results. I understand that in a better league with a better team, the LA Galaxy did amazing things in 2012 and put in a second half that probably would be unmatched in Major League Soccer um, whenever you really look at it. Um, so anyway, uh, Juninho. Uh, makes that retirement. Juninho sits as, let's see, number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight um, for games started on the LA Galaxy. 180 games uh, right behind Greg Vanny, uh, 188 for Todd Donovan, 196 for AJ De La Garza, Cian Fuegos, 198, Landon Donovan, 237, Kevin Hartman, 238, Kobe Jones, 281. Uh, games and starts. Uh, you also look at minutes played. Juninho is in the top 10 in that list with 15,621. Kobe Jones the most, 25,157. Uh, you have assists as well. Juninho sits there with 23 all-time uh, player uh, games played and assists. So it's 180. He has 189 games played and 23 assists um, in that group. And he sits in, the, I think, the top 10 in that one as well. So an unbelievable career for Juninho. I think it's a little sad uh, that you didn't really get to see him play with the LA Galaxy again, but with injuries and just the way it was. Um, you know, my good friend Chris Tucker said, I'm glad we could put another, uh, he, he said it was, he was glad the LA Galaxy could put another $130,000 in Juninho's pocket before he, uh, <laughs> before he decided to go, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's the tip of the cap to what Juninho brought to the LA Galaxy. Yeah. And you mentioned it. It's not surprising at all that he's in the top 10 and games played and minutes played. Uh, he was, he was an absolute workhorse. When we talk about Jonathan Dos Santos being the engine of our current LA galaxy team, I think Juninho was the engine of that LA galaxy dynasty era. Juninho was right in the middle, making everything happen. And, uh, it's one of those things you felt maybe there weren't stats to back it up, but, uh, the stat that I think is most important is when the Galaxy announced his retirement. They had videos from Robbie Keane and Landon Donovan where they basically said as much that all the other players got the headlines, but Juninho was one of the unsung heroes pulling the strings, making the things happen. So to have someone like Robbie Keane, who, you know, arguably the greatest uh, MLS DP that there's been there's, in the league. There's no argument. What, have you been I watching MLS say, again? <laughs> I was going to say, I've been watching the call-up too much. Uh, That's right. Or no, what's Extra Time presented by Continental. Yeah, I like call, the call-up. Call-up's good. Um, but anyway, to have Robbie Keane, someone with all those those accolades and international experience, and to have him say that Juninho was the workhorse, the one pulling the strings, and the same thing with Landon Donovan. You already know his resume. That tells you everything you need to know about Juninho, and that's why he was a fan favorite. That's why people will bring were happy to bring him back on the roster, even though the pr- productivity may not have been there. You know, you take care of your people. You're happy to see them back. So, you know, hats off to Juninho, a, a wonderful career. 31, uh, you know, maybe he saw the writing on the wall and he had some things cooking in the background to make that retirement a little bit easier. 
yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about those things cooking in the background here shortly. I just want to say uh, it was great because uh, MLS said uh, showed a picture of Giovinco um, doing some stuff and the whole deal. They're like, they're, and they're like, this is one of the greatest designated players. You know, hold They're making the argument that he's he's the best ever, like in, in Major League Soccer. Uh, and somebody said uh, he looks like he looks like a Robbie Keane just with less cups, right? And I was like, ooh, there's <laughs> see, right I mean, on the that's, nose. And, <laughs> That's where you forget about how good Robbie Keane made it, but it was these whole teams. Those teams were just outstanding teams. Uh, if I could get in a time machine, I'm sure there's lots of places I could go and do it. Uh, you know, the signing of the Declaration of Independence, maybe. Um, no, I want to go back and watch 2011 and 2012 LA Galaxy play on a regular freaking basis because, uh, you know, knowing what I know now, understanding what I know now about the game of soccer. And, you know, I've always been a student of the game and I played it whenever I was younger. Um, but just watching it, I think I would have a better appreciation for what we were all seeing. It was just all like, ev- and I think everybody's the same way. You just expected those teams to win. And it was just like, oh yeah, it's nice to go to this. We're going to, so, so you go to the stadium. Well, the galaxy are clearly going to win tonight. It's just by how much, like what's it going to look like? You know, the whole deal. That, that's what made, you know, the drop off as we went toward 2017, uh, that's what made that so difficult. It was just, it was so commonplace for you knew the galaxy were walking out with three points or, or at least something close. So uh, the further they got away from that, the more shocking it was to the fans who had been around, uh, you know, maybe since the beginning, or maybe they came on board a little bit later. It was just, uh, you realized that you, you had a good thing and how special it was. So you're absolutely right. Maybe take it for granted in the moment. Uh, but it was, that was a special time to be a LA galaxy fan. Could have gone to the white house in 2020 or 2012. Eric, I could have gone to the White House to cover the LA Galaxy okay. whenever they went to visit the White House. I, I mean, we'll, we'd have All a discussion right, about on. that. <laughs> 2012. In 2012, I could have gone to the White House, but I was like, ah, they'll be back. It'll be fine. Bottom line is, if you ever get a chance to go to the White House and cover the LA Galaxy, you go to the White House and cover the LA Galaxy. And they were, they were the kings in 2012, too. Just yeah. Biggest mistake of my life. Biggest mistake of my life. That was it. That was it. That was it. That also understanding that like playing sports um, is not really a job. It's a lot of fun, and I probably should have taken that a little more seriously. Those two things are probably m- my biggest regrets. Uh, let's get to a little bit of the good news, though. We talked about Juninho retiring. He talked about things that were cooking up in the background, and the Hammer's absolutely right. The LA Galaxy announced the day after Juninho's retirement that Juninho and Marcelo Sarvis would be teaming up again as they head to the LA Galaxy Academy coaching staff. Um, you know, I, I'm critical of the LA Galaxy whenever they make mistakes. Uh, I think it happens too often, quite quite honestly. Um, and so uh, you get a lot of that from from what we do and whatever we cover uh, the LA Galaxy. I am perfectly happy to jump up and down and tell you that they got this so, so right. The biggest home run, I, I didn't even fathom this as being a possibility that you would get Marcelo Sarvis and Juninho. The, you know, somebody said, what, the most dominant midfield pairing in Major League Soccer history? It very well could be because I don't know if you could match anybody. They were, quote unquote, the engine um, of of this of that of those LA Galaxy teams in 2012, 2013, 2014, um, and I think we all remember uh, that Marcelo Sarvis played for Alavese, um, and the LA Galaxy played them in a Concacaf Champions League match, and Bruce saw Marcelo Sarvis and was like, "We should get him," and then he went out and got him. Um, so. That just having these two together, and it, it's so different because you, you can bring somebody like Landon Donovan or Robbie Keane, and you can have them be like help out the coaching coaching staff, and you can have them be these academy guys. You can have Zlatan go talk to the academy kids. It's all great. Those guys all have supreme talent that like sees no bounds, and they don't understand how everybody doesn't work the way that they do. And it's like, well, it's easy. You just flick, you just do this, and the ball does this. And you know, for them, it's it, it's easy. The fact that you have two guys who were grinders, who knew how to be a professional, to show up, and how to put their stamp on every single game that they played, and and just that that not give up. You have the history of winning. You have the understanding of what it means to play for the LA Galaxy. You have all these things, you know, the, the understanding of what it means to be a professional soccer player and and not be a superstar. Um, all these things that you can impart to academy kids. I don't know how it gets any better than having somebody like Juninho and Marcelo Sarvis um, on the academy coaching staff. If they go to LA Galaxy 2 and then Robbie Keane comes back and is the coach for LA Galaxy 2, I, I'll probably just, I'll just go ahead and switch. We'll just be an LA Galaxy 2 podcast. I'll, I'll just be good. <laughs> I was going to say, thank you for stealing absolutely every one of my points that I was going to make. That, that you're absolutely right. We watched, uh, you know, we had Michael Jordan fever with The Last Dance. 
Uh, and you know wh- why players like that maybe don't make the best coaches or, or leaders because they don't understand. You know, e- even Michael Jordan, he had a great work ethic, but he had the supreme talent as well. And you're right with Zlatan, maybe it comes a little too easy. But you're right; these are players who know how to put in the hard work. They know they're going to, you know, hopefully impart that on on a young generation of players coming up. I think something that maybe uh, it's a little bit of a stereotype, but I think it shouldn't it shouldn't get swept under the rug that these are two Brazilians and Brazil is a world soccer power. And, you know, coming from the country they come from and knowing what they know and how they were brought up, imparting that on the youth. You know, I'm a big believer that there's a lot of youth soccer in America. There's a lot to improve. So when you bring in a couple of Brazilians who are going to be able to bring that beautiful game and. Uh, you know, a little bit of that Samba soccer style and impart that on your youth academy. I only see positives from that. And then, you know, with it being a home run, it's absolutely a PR home run uh, because these are beloved players, beloved, you know, in the part of the dynasty era. So you could say, well, it's a PR move. But at the same time, Sarvis was coaching. uh, I believe he was coaching with the Rapids. I believe he had a little bit of coaching experience with some of the youth clubs in uh, DC from his time there. So this is, he's someone who comes with experience and has coaching experience. And then you have the MLS experience of Juninho. So it's a home run that you pair them together uh, because they worked so well on the field. It seems like they're going to have that same relation type of relationship off the field. So it's a great PR move, a great move for your Academy, uh, a great move for your players. It keeps the fans happy. It's just, uh, there's, I, I can't see a negative to this, and it just makes you so happy, especially with the Juninho Love Fest earlier in the week, and you know everyone kind of remembering the good times, and then to follow it up with the Sarvis news, it kind of blew blew my socks off, you know, because it's it's just great to see them together again, see them with the LA Galaxy crest. You mentioned that they know what it means to play for the LA Galaxy. That's another one of those things. How do you explain that? How do you measure that? But they have it. <laughs> so right. uh, I don't I don't know what how you can use that as a metric, but at the same time. If you were, if you could measure that, they they would have it in spades. So I think that's important as well. They know the winning culture and, you know, globally what the LA Galaxy organization is and how they can use that as a selling point to kids who may not realize that. Well, uh, we we go from a PR win, right? Um, This was absolutely the perfect thing. Um, and everything looks, you know, uh, amazing. You're like, okay, cool. This is this was a- absolutely is to what I'm gonna call PR loss. Okay, this is a PR loss, and it is it is what it is. But it could be easily be solved, and I'm expecting somebody to solve this. Um, as you know, the longest streak in professional sports history is the LA Galaxy's July 4th game. Okay, everybody knows that the LA Galaxy have had a July 4th game since the very first season in 1996, and they have hosted a July 4th game all the way through. And this would have been the 25th uh, consecutive. season season uh, that the LA Galaxy hosted a July 4th game. We all know that we are not going to get a July 4th game this year. All right. That's not going to happen. It's not going to be a thing. It it can't. And, you know, that sucks. So, you know, realistically, this streak comes to an end and you can say, well, but not really, because if we could have a game, you know, then it would get. Yeah. Listen, it ends. You can't. It's going to have an an asterisk next to it. And we're all going to have to deal with that. All right. But what I think that's something that Moving forward this year, I think everything, just, all these streaks, you just have to throw it out. You can't say, oh, they missed the year or they didn't they didn't get it in 2020. I think everyone's just going to have to this is going to be a caveat year. You can't hold it against you, but continue. Y- yes, you can. Yes, you can. You absolutely can, because there's ways of fixing this. Well, there's OK. So the July 4th streak is coming to an end. All I'm asking, and I don't think this is a big ask. If I could put it together, I would put it together. All I'm asking is for Cosmo to take a sparkler, light it off, and stick it in the center of the field on July 4th, and we call it the streak continues. Is it really that? Look, fireworks show. Put it on your Instagram live. You're done. Streak continues. Away they go. Okay, you could you could save this and and it's something stupid, right? It's stupid. That's Josh. This is ridiculous. I can't believe you're doing. I don't care if you record it beforehand. I don't care about any of that stuff. Just get it done and show it because yeah, because it's a it's a PR win because all I know Galaxy fans were all like, listen, I I don't know about the rest of you, but I was like, so what do people do on July 4th whenever they're (laughs) like, you know, not going to a soccer game? Because I've been covering the LA Galaxy for so long. I missed like one when my uh, when my son was uh, when when my firstborn son was was uh, like, I don't know, uh, five or six and he was coming out to visit. And so we were like, oh, well, I'll miss it and I'll just we'll go to see the fireworks. So we did it one year and it was weird. Uh, and I was like, I was like, I should just go to a soccer game. That makes a lot more sense. 
Um, so, you know, you could do it and everybody wants it to happen. So just make it happen. Just it's Cosmo sparkler. Maybe it's like one of those like fireworks that only shoots like three inches off well, out of the spout. A little snake. Yeah. The yeah. Maybe it's a snake. It a yeah, just, yeah. Center center. You could do it. You could have it. Thank you very much. July 4th. We're done. And, and you could do it. And I have, I had an alternative solution, which, yes. you know, you scared me at first when you said Cosmo, take a sparkler and stick it. And then in the air, in the air is where <laughs> right. you follow it with. Um, but right. they had a scrimmage today, right? They're going to train yes. on Saturday. Have the scrimmage right. on Saturday. You technically have a game on July 4th. Cosmo lights the sparkler. Streak intact. Right. There, I see. It, they it they can still fix this. You ha- have, the, have another scrimmage on, on Saturday. We can fix this. Have, we can make this right. Could, you could have it be yellow versus uh, white, you know, and, and you could you could get it. You could have a whole other teams. You could mix up the, the stuff again. Um it's funny, though, because you and I were talking, uh, and, and I remember after last July 4th, I said that I had a little bit of an inside track on possibly what the LA Galaxy were going to do this July 4th, and I said I would wait because, we, you know, things could change and the whole deal. And so I don't know. Being that this year got blown up, right, and that's probably the most, uh, the most apt things way to describe this year. Things definitely changed this year. That's for sure. Yes, things definitely changed. Um, I will tell you what the LA Galaxy, what what I was told that the LA Galaxy were planning, um, and it was basically we know that the lights can be synced to lots of things, and so they were going to have the lights inside the stadium. I think with some like lasers and some fireworks inside the stadium. You remember when the fi- they had fireworks inside the stadium and everybody was like, "Okay, that was a little crazy." Um, <laughs> I think they were going to. I think they were going to go back and do some of that with it all synced up to music, the lights, lasers, fireworks, all that stuff, and it was yeah. all going to be like this. One big giant production, and then they had already basically started working on it after last July 4th. Um, so I don't know if that ever happens, but that's what was going to happen this July 4th. So it was going to be like you know the 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 big daddy of all sort of you know fireworks displays that have sort of taken taken place um, at Dignity Health Sports Park, StubHub Center, Home Depot Center. Um, as you go back, it was a chance to to really show the stadium off, and, and we missed that. So uh, again, sparkler center field. July 4th, Instagram Live. Get it done. Keep the street going. Make people happy. Make us laugh. Okay? We need the laugh. <laughs> just just Keep a little bit. Keep the streak intact. Uh, LA Galaxy events that are going on uh, tomorrow, Friday, July 3rd, 11 a.m. This is the socially distant rally we told you about on Monday. Um, and so you need to RSVP. Uh, there's links, I believe, on the LA Galaxy website. You're basically going to park along driveway A. Stay in your cars, please stay in your cars. Make yep. this, make me not say that this was a bad idea. All right. Um, stay Someone's in your cars. Do yeah, I know. I know. I, just, just, yeah, go ahead. I, I have a, a, a little bit more information. I, I did RSVP. I'm not going, uh, I RSVP just in case. Um, but just a little bit, they say, arrive If you're going, if you are planning on attending, arrive before 1030. Uh, it seems like they're going to need to line up, uh, line up cars, have everyone parked and ready to go. So you want to be there at before 1030. So everything can go off without a hitch at 11 enter through gate a so that's the main entrance with the overhang yep. where it says dignity health sports park with the big la galaxy logo so enter on that entrance uh they're asking you that they're saying that you're not permitted to exit your vehicle so plan on using the restroom in advance if you are going make sure you take care of all that and then face coverings are mandatory so you know if you have your face covering your la galaxy face coverings make sure you're wearing that socially distance distancing photo opportunities i imagine they're not going to get too close but if you if they are going to get in range for you to take a photo uh wear your mask wear your darn mask you, so if that, you got that, one of them just fa- the info that you- yeah if you got some fancy iphone i hit the two times so you zoom in a little bit all right you gotta you gotta get that one rocking and rolling for it but the players are supposed to walk down it should be fun so go be safe uh, i was also trying to go uh and i just barely made it back in time for this show so i think with the seven month old he turned seven today uh jake is doing well I, eventually he's going to make a podcast appearance the only problem is he goes to sleep like before seven o'clock so we'll, we'll have to figure out it have to be a daytime uh i also just by being we're talking about starting times and different things uh pay attention to the corner of the galaxy schedule because things are going to shift a little bit with the games that are going to be played i think only one has to shift um, and then it looks like the game that is going to be held on Thursday, the last game against Houston, uh, they kicks off at five, which means it'll be done at really? seven. So there's a good chance. Yeah. So there's a good chance that we can still have a live show directly following that show. So you'll get a post game corner of the galaxy uh, from that one on my birthday. So it should be great. I plan on wearing a hat, nothing else. So it'll be a lot of good times. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't we have should say 
Yeah, who knows? Who knew? I, I think you do. I think it's mandatory. Um, the LA Galaxy, by the way, have had zero positive COVID-19 tests since the testing began. So zero. Um, that's why you want to keep your face mask on and keep your distance. Don't 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 do this. There's enough problems over right now in Orlando. Um, and I think we can. Yeah, if you're a fan and you're the one, you're the one who infected the team. You don't want that. You don't want to be that person. Yeah. Yeah. You don't don't be that person at all. Um Here's what we have, and things have been ramping up crazily quick in or in Orlando. Um, so, and this isn't necessarily an Orlando problem, although we've certainly seen the the, the COVID COVID uh, positive tests in Orlando skyrocket, uh, or uh, you know, in the United States it's skyrocketing. So, I, I mean, you can look at all this and say there there's no safe place. Southern California is a hotbed right now as well. Um, you know, we can't go to New York and we can't go to Europe. So. Um, just, just keep all that mind as we're going through this and we're not going to, we're not going to scare you with this stuff because I think that there's some, some understanding of what's going on, but there's some things that you need to watch for to understand whether or not we're going to have an Orlando tournament, Eric, because while I don't think it's, you know, thin ice, I think that there's definitely some problems. So earlier we found out that FC Dallas basically had six players that tested positive and they had four staff members, um, Whenever I joked around on last Thursday's show, I think, and I picked FC Dallas as most likely to have the most cases, I did not foresee this. This was not, I'm, I'm not a genius. Um, I really just picked a state that was open and a team that was young in order to sort of make that happen. That was, that was my thinking behind this. So, um, Dallas. With the graph, the, the X is crossed on that graph big time. They did. They did on Dallas. And you could also look at teams like Miami and Orlando. Miami's not as young, or Orlando's not as young. Dallas is like the youngest team always in my mind with all their academy guys. So, I'm looking for people who think they're invincible and they're in an open state and have been in an open state for a while, even though that's quickly ratcheting back uh, in Texas. Um, so uh, they went, and here's what happened is two tested positive when they arrived, basically, and they said, you guys, we got to separate you guys, and we're going to move you out, and you have to stay away from everybody because you have positive test. Everybody else's test came back uh, negative. Then what happens is, and there's a lag on coronavirus. I mean, if you don't have enough of the virus built up inside of you, you can you can test, you can be negative, and then you can have a positive test. And so there's all these sort of you know things that that happen um, that can happen. So what you had was four more players testing positive, I think two or three days after they had arrived, which means they already trained and they already interacted with some other MLS players. So. What you're looking for and now, I think the entire FC Dallas team has been quarantined um, and they're basically not allowed to train and they weren't allowed to train yesterday and today. And they're waiting basically for more tests to come back. And those tests are going to be, um, you know, showing whether or not people are positive, negative and that type of thing. And if enough people are negative, then they'll allow FC Dallas to sort of come back into this. The problem here is that it feels like the bubble has been pierced um, and that's not necessarily true. Uh, first of all, it's a really bad bubble to begin with, so it's hard to pierce a bad bubble. There's already holes in it, so uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. But what you're seeing is, same with Columbus, who just came in, and I think they have a positive test. Um, all these things is people getting this, not in Orlando, but bringing it to Orlando. They got, you know, the FC Dallas players got it in Dallas. Um, it lagged a little bit, which is why you're seeing them test positive in Orlando. But this isn't that they went to Orlando and that's how they got it. Um, you're not seeing that yet. You could see that, um, but that's not what you're seeing yet. And so, you know, MLS has a chance to sort of catch this. But what to me it shows, Eric, is that the quarantine before heading to uh, originally it was supposed to be 14 days before your first game. You had to show up so that way you could be quarantined for 14 full days, basically in the bubble, and they could eliminate all of these possible issues by holding people in the bubble for the duration of of what they believe is the uh, what do you call it? The incubation period of, of coronavirus. Um, and so they, and then they shorted it to seven days. Well, what you're seeing is that you're getting people who picked it up before they left. And now you're getting people who test positive. And so outside, after the seven days, most, most people get it within seven days and show signs within seven days and test positive within seven days. Um, they're using that as sort of their backstop. And we could see that being an issue because now it looks like you could possibly have community spread within the bubble if this continues. Um, yeah. There are teams There are teams right now, Eric, Toronto, uh, you know, Greg Vanny said, I don't know if we want to go because we're sort of waiting to see what's happening there. Um, and I meant I wanted to ask the same question, Dennis DeClosa, and uh, I, I, I didn't get my question in. Um, if they were also considering delaying their sort of arrival, which you're supposed to be there seven days before. But listen, things are changing. Yeah, and Vanny even mentioned when he made those statements, he says, you know, where, where they're coming from in Toronto, things are a lot more under control. So the 
less time that they could spend where somewhere where it's not necessarily under control, like Orlando, they wanted to do that as much as possible. So I think as long as they're testing in their home markets and it's still coming back negative, I think that's okay. The the argument of shutting the whole thing down because there's teams now coming in and players are testing positive. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong for people to want this tournament to happen. People in the sports, uh, obviously you don't want anything bad to happen and you always have that caveat. It's not worth it if it's going to get someone sick or something bad is going to happen. But if they're able to keep things under control and that's what this was sold as is that they're going to be testing and making sure everyone's safe, then that's how you want to make it run. The concern is you're now having people from different states who possibly have the virus and are now coming together and you're now bringing it into essentially a Petri dish. So that bubble now becomes uh, an area where you're now just a breeding zone for the virus. So that's the one thing. They just have to be very careful with the precautions that are in place because this thing can go sideways and it can go sideways in a very, very bad way. Uh, So I just hope uh, that, you know, whatever they need to do to make things right, do it. If, and if, if it does start to look bad, I think they need to get out in front of it and maybe realize that maybe it's not worth it uh, if, if they see the writing on the wall that this is going to end up very bad for everyone who comes into the bubble. Yeah, I think the only, and we talked about it on Monday, but the only saving grace for MLS right now, Eric, is the fact that you know nobody seems to be really sick or they're just mild, really mild sort yes. of symptoms. Nobody's been sent to the hospital. Nobody's in dire need. I mean, you know, we talked about, uh, I know on the grog guy that we were having, we were saying, you know, don't God forbid anything should happen to somebody, some of the older coaches. Um, you look at Valdecantos is an older guy. Um, you look at Bruce Arena. Like if something happens to Bruce Arena because he had to have a soccer game, then, you know, what, what, what burn it all down. Yeah. I think Valdecantos would make the virus run laps and get rid of it that way. Yeah, Very I think well. I think it, he, it, he's better than that. It, it definitely could. That could that could be it. So anyway, so that's what's going on. Uh, five more teams showed up in uh, Orlando today, and I don't have all of them in front of me. I had them at some point. Um, Orlando. Um, let's see. I, I think or uh, uh, Nashville. I know was one of them. Uh, they had delayed by one day, but now they are there. I think Columbus is also there. Oh, Columbus was already there. Um, so there's some there's five other teams. Basically, that puts us at. Um, let's see. We had said so we had 11 teams, I think so far, 11 teams inside the bubble, which gives us, uh, 19, let's see, 11, 26. Do the math, Eric. It hurts my I head. Say, I, I take I'm 26. I'm not going to answer that question. 26 minus 11. That's 17. There it 17 is. 17 teams no. still? No. no, that's too many. No, that doesn't work. No, you have to take the 10, 26 minus 11, 10 is 6. 16, 15. So 15. we, what, 14 more teams? 15. 14. Oh my God. This is, you know what? It's been a long day. Like I said, I I barely got, I'm just going to wait for the chat room to tell me how much 26 minus 11 is because I can't do math today. Uh, 16, 15. I'm going to say 15. And then that means there's 14 more teams. Is my mic on? Uh, No, it's not. Cut it, cut it off. We don't, (laughs) we don't need to hear it. I don't know. Whatever. However many that is. Um, so that's where we sit, uh, with the, uh, with the LA galaxy headed on Monday the last team to show up just that way everybody is very much aware um and so we will uh we will certainly see uh where all of that goes all right um i'm trying to think is there anything else we talked about the events going on remember there's the send-off on monday it's a zoom send-off you can possibly if you're a season ticket member uh you get an exclusive send-off uh to the uh to this uh zoom call where guys will walk by as they head to the bus and head on uh for their uh for their tournament in orlando so that's on the sixth uh before they get going so uh, I think that's about it. Uh, injury news: We covered uh, we covered the the result. By the way, the the great team won two to nothing, a penalty kick and a goal from Christian Pavone. Just in case we didn't cover that, it so doesn't matter. So that wasn't an important part of this. Um, but some interesting stuff now on tap for the LA Galaxy. I don't know that we have any clearer picture. I don't know that we're going to get a clearer picture. And the LA Galaxy are going to play be playing Portland in no time. So we'll see how uh, see how that goes. In less than you, two weeks, we're going to see how they really line up and what tactics. Yeah, you, we couldn't we couldn't ballpark the number of teams, so we couldn't talk our way away from that one either. So that was good. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see how all that goes. Uh, remember, the LA Galaxy uh, will kick off and play against Portland on Monday, July thirteenth, twenty twenty, seven thirty p.m. kickoff time. Uh, that game on FS1, and then it is Saturday, July eighteenth, seven thirty Pacific time. That is the Orlando El Trafico against LAFC. That one's on ESPN, and then Fox Sports One closes it up. FS1 again Thursday, July twenty third, five p.m. Head to cornerofthegalaxy.com, click on the live button. 
button. Uh, and when you do, you're going to find uh, exactly sort of what we imagine our schedule will be. Some of that could change. Uh, I may actually be driving to Denver and back and doing some other things. So we'll see if uh, what happens and all that. But the LA Galaxy getting closer and closer now. Um, to playing games on uh, uh, that actually count. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. Uh, regular season in effect. Anything else, Eric? Well, speaking of cornerofthegalaxy.com, uh, a lot of concern over the MLS's back tournament. Is it going to happen? Uh, are, how many positive cases? So I can tell you right now, there is one league that is happening with zero positive confirmed cases that is still going. They're midway through, and that's Liga G96. So if you go to cornerofthegalaxy.com, click on the Liga G96 button. That's where my team, Cosmo SC, currently sits on top of the standing. So we're not going anywhere. You could still find us on Twitch, still get your soccer fix, still get in touch with your LA Galaxy community. Still a great way. We're having tons of fun. There was a team of the season so far released today because we're at our halfway point. So still having a lot of fun with that. So, you know, make sure you're following along. The standings are up on uh, on the Corner of the Galaxy website. And then, of course, on Twitter, it's always up and, up and running with, uh, you know, those fake pro clubs players and, and everyone having a good time with it. So it's a nice little distraction. Uh, again, said it once, say it a thousand times. If you're not in on Cosmo SC and Liga G96, it doesn't even have to be Cosmo SC. Just get in with the fun. Join a club. Players are always needed. We're, we're having trials. So, uh, you know, go ahead and join the fun with Liga G96. Always fun. Always a good time. All right. Uh, Eric, tell people where they can find you. Let's go. You can find me on Twitter at GIS Hammer. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. And I'm still on Twitch. We're planning to continue some interaction during the MLS's back tournament. So on Twitch, that's twitch.tv backslash EV Hammer 9. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com, podcasts, articles, all that stuff I'll be writing over the long holiday weekend. Be safe. Be smart. That goes for MLS players. That goes for you. You're going to be pressured into hanging out with uh, with family this weekend. Maybe don't do it. Maybe just chill a little bit. Stay at home. Quarantine yourself. Sounds like a good plan. All right. Uh, for uh, Mr. The Eric, the Portuguese Hammer, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye.